Hello, Waffle Neutral fans. This is a special episode. We were supposed to record the next chapter in our journey with Gertrude, Tifi, Lothario, and Blanche Poubel. Oh, and Kevin. But uh, Dave was out of town. He uh, let us know way in advance. Uh, Sarah Lee called in sick. And uh, Clint ended up calling in sick as well. Uh, so instead, what we had was actually a pretty fun uh, chat about mental health uh, between uh, Sal, Jesse, and myself. So if you're expecting people to uh, roll dice on this episode, uh, we are very sorry to disappoint you. But if you're looking for a fun and uh, I think pretty humorous conversation where uh, three dudes get pretty vulnerable and uh, talk about their mental health struggles and how we got out of it or how we dealt with it or how we are dealing with it, then give it a listen. I think this episode unintentionally is one of our better ones and it has a really uh, positive message, I think. I don't know. Let us know if... uh, Anything we said hit a chord with you, tweet at us. Uh, Without further ado, here's Awful Neutral, the mental health episode. Or, dudes being open, bro. Welcome, foolish mortals, to Awful Neutral. I think someone that didn't show up died. <laughs> right. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Awful Neutral. We are so very sorry for coming at you late and kind of, well, we're canceling today, but that's, you know, uh, Sarah, uh, Dave's out of town uh, doing some comedic comedy stuff. He booked it way in advance. Uh, Sarah Lee called in sick today because uh, it's that time of year again, and she, she goes into meets, she, her job is working with sick people. Uh, yeah. and, uh, Clint is not feeling well either. He, uh, you know, all, everybody there is, uh, one uh, of those sick people. Yeah. It is the season sickness claim to, uh, two cast members today. So we're very sorry. We can't do it, but we were having a little talk about depression a little earlier. Uh, uh, a lot, uh, everybody here, uh, ha- either has expression with therapy or depression. I'm pretty sure. Right. Mm-hmm. We're in the world. We all tell jokes. Depression's not like foreign to us. That's no, no. It takes a, an insane person to want to even step up on that stage. Like my uh, my best friend, his uh, his daughter is uh, he has two two daughters. They're like in second grade, and, she, and one of them he was like, "Hey, my uh, my daughter wants to do uh, stand up for her talent show." And immediately, I was like, "I thought this was a good dad and a solid home, but something's wrong. Something <laughs> something what's it, something stinks in Denmark, or something's rotten in Denmark." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Do you have any tips for my daughter? Yeah, abandon her for the rest of the year. <laughs> Just whatever, like whatever is happening that, that is creating this need for attention, you guys need to solve it at home quietly. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to push her to be a better stand-up. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> then she needs to find a bully. I need to hire a bully who's just going to pick on her. Yeah, And that's where you pull up a mirror and you're like, no, you don't understand as a parrot. You're the bully. <laughs> <laughs> There's That's a lot the of ways to this. Perhaps, perhaps your style is neglect. Perhaps your style is being <laughs> overbearing. There's a lot of shades of bullying as a parent. <laughs> Remember, suffer now, headline later. <laughs> yep. And like hey, Kyle Kinane, who claims that he had a normal childhood, but I'm—he's way too talented for that. That's bullshit. Don't, believe it. Don't buy it. Yeah, there was an uncle. There was something. There was. 
What sparked that imagination? Something criminal. <laughs> we were we were talking attention. about um, our experience with. I was mentioning the BetterHelp and how convenient it is, and I can zoom in and stuff. So we were we were comparing notes on our different therapies, and I liked Better BetterHelp because you could just zoom it, and I was less li- likely to cancel on it. You know, yeah. because they call you and like you, you know, you set it up, court, and right? Yeah, yeah. And you have a lot less to gussy up. Like, <laughs> you just need a shirt and then, like, maybe something in the background that's, like, clean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> it just, right, you just dress from neck to, he- like, just this section. <laughs> and just wear a little bib for therapy. And that's it. <laughs> I got Mom, have bib. you seen my therapy bib? Where's my <laughs> therapy bib? Uh, it really be uh, like the tears just bounce off it. It stays it's pretty clean. <laughs> tears on my therapy bib are like water off a duck's back. <laughs> this is like the best. Honestly, like like the this is like you know going to therapy is honestly like the best advice I could give somebody who's like just having trouble meeting. Like a, if you're a guy who's like frustrated, like man, women don't like me. You know what? Honestly, go to therapy. Fix that. Just yeah. just just come off. Oh yeah, you're right. And you'd be surprised oh how your Tinder game blows up. I I, I see it. Uh, there's a there's a couple comics, but one in particular. He goes on stage. He talks about being single, and he's like, "Bitches, bitches, bitches!" Like, just everything's bitches. It's like, no shit, you're single, dude. <laughs> I can't believe no it. Shit. You call them hoes and bitches, and you're like a 26 year old white dude. Like, <laughs> it's weird that you're code switching. That's probably throwing them off a little bit. And also, I like to be called. By their name, usually, or women, or females. He also says females, like he's a scientist, like he's some kind of <laughs> biology major. <laughs> that one always messes with me. It's like, I can't believe I can't connect with any of these females. He's like, female. Eh, I wonder why. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, like, like, like you are making it super easy for you, for you to be weeded out by females. Like, you're a first round separate. You're first round cuts. Yeah, you cold. Like, you're cold. Like you could at least hide it a little more. Just shut your mouth, and you'd be surprised how much further into the draft you'd make it. <laughs> and, and that's a, the funny thing is, like, you want to like correct them, but also you know it's probably bad for society if you help that kind of person <laughs> attract females. <laughs> more females. They, they don't yeah. care. I mean, the thing is, like, it's not like we're living in the 1960s, man. The information there every day they are being told, like, dude, you're in the wrong. Change. You know, not, not who who you are isn't evil, but the way how you view people is just. It sounds off. like there's a lot of haters out there. That's all it sounds like <laughs> yeah. to me. It just sounds like a lot of haters. Okay, soy boy. Okay. Yeah. It's like, uh, first of all, soy's delicious. Have Chinese food without any soy sauce. I dare you. <laughs> I dare you. <laughs> also, also, I found out uh, Texas makes like most of the country soy. They're the soy boys. Soy men. <laughs> it's not. It's not Is just Austin. Term? No, we're talking. We're talking deep red <laughs> Texarkana. Is there a Man. term for someone like me that's like a low sodium soy boy that he's, he needs to keep the uh, use the green label soy soy boy? <laughs> oh. <laughs> You're just uh, a low sodium soy boy. In Spanish, you'd be a yo no soy boy. <laughs> 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 and a soy boy i'm confused no, no more soy boy <laughs> uh, uh, mr bible pants mr bible pants in our chat has said uh, i've been fortunate to have a local therapist that does zoom sessions 
She understands life is a shithole and how technology works. She understands life is a shithole? Is that what you said? Yeah. That's my I, favorite country Mr. Song. Bible life Pants, I'm right. And, and, and it's good to hear that from a Christian, by the way. That's heartening. I, that's, that's the best news I've heard all day. Well, I, well, I think we said it right before we started recording, but my first therapy session was telecom or whatever, just mm-hmm. kind of like adjacent to better help. And it was such a good way for me who didn't do therapy to get started. Yeah. Because it's like you literally have almost every comfort afforded to you in your house, assuming you have a comfortable environment. You can right. get comfortable, get chill, and then kind of be vulnerable and not have to worry about, I don't know, maybe someone down the hall heard me as I'm walking down or whatever yeah. people get insecure about. Um, yeah, I think it was like a year and a half before I finally got moved into an in-person one, so, see mm-hmm. them outside the window. But it's just awesome to take that step to begin with because it's got such a yeah stigma. <clears throat> I remember years ago I went to a therapist because I was like, I had so much anxiety. This is kind of funny. And one of their first questions was like, how much coffee are you drinking? And I was like, well, I did just switch to cold brew. That stuff is intense. And they're like, I think you need to cut down on the uh, caffeine and see how that affects your anxiety. And that was like, wow, that really worked. Yeah. And it was just like, they just showed you, like they just showed a mirror to you. Yeah. They're like, they're Hold your hand out. I'm like, yeah. How many espressos did you have? I was like, okay. Why are you nervous? I don't know. I don't know, but I'm intensely jacked up. And have trouble sleeping. I don't understand I why. <laughs> <laughs> and now you get to take in- naps at work. It's a win-win. <laughs> like you come into therapy with like a giant venti, whatever. And you're just like, yeah. I'm really stressed, you know? A lot, a lot of anxiety. Like, and you arrive late because you went to go get the venti first. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Anything up... I'm allowed. I'm not late till I'm after seven minutes. It says so in the handbook. <laughs> Man, you start like being like nickel and diming the rules of your therapist. That's like really lawyery. Really, <laughs> hey, technically you can't kick me out. I didn't touch you. Like what the hell? <laughs> you know, I put these policies in place to make my care more accessible. And I feel like you're taking advantage of a system that I put in place. I volunteer my time. <laughs> you know, I did, uh, again, I think I mentioned before we hit record, but I did avoid therapy and I canceled two sessions, but because I canceled them like so late, I I knew in the back of my mind, like I was basically making sure that no one would be able to get that slot. And I, that made me feel extra bad after the second month of not showing up. And then on the third month, it made me feel extra bad. I called to cancel it was like 40 minute and I was like too in a funk to be dealing with a computer. And I was like, I guess, I guess I'm canceling again. And I told her, I told her that. And she's like, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> like I added so much more worry thinking that, oh, that's four people that could have had a session that are oh, now man. jumping off bridges or whatever. You know what I mean? I can't, yeah. In my head. It's like, it's fine. You showed up. A lot of people don't show up sometimes. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Like, Damn it. <laughs> Why does there make that a, feel good? <laughs> that's sort of like a component to depression. I find is that we tend to make it worse. Like rather than lean Maybe. into whatever tactics we know will make it better. We do the opposite. We're like, I'm just going to hibernate in this room, but not talk to anyone. It's like, well, how does that work out? It never does. It's like, it never does. It has it in the history of time. Maybe it never once, helped. Maybe once a guy, a friend showed up. It's like, hey, man, I noticed you weren't online. Do you need help? And then the, you're still so depressed. You go, fuck off. I hate you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I've always explained it like this. Like I was because uh, I, I sympathize. You know, I was I was I was in this funk for a really long time. And I, and I thought. It would be like uh, uh, if you ever seen that episode of The Simpsons where Homer becomes a professional boxer 
and he's he's boxing Frederick Tatum, you know, the Mike Tyson of this world. Uh-huh. And Mo says, "Listen, you got to visualize how you're going to win." And he goes, uh, uh, "Due to a congenital heart defect, Homer Simpson is the new heavyweight champion." That's I was like, I kind of keep up with like maybe maybe a maybe a heart problem will solve this all for me, and then I can just I don't and I don't have to confront whatever's really making me sad. Oh God! Like maybe I just won't wake up. Like that was all. Yeah. That was kind of like like where I was at, and and I think that's that kind of like that mentality kind of like gave me rise to like to not, you know, like to kind of like sink deeper into the problem, you know, like uh, mm, to really dig my claws in. My buddy, like I didn't see ago, a solution. Yeah, my buddy was just like, dude, I wish I could just sleep for a month. And I was like, you want to rent death? <laughs> like you want to yeah. like <laughs> just borrow some death real quick? <laughs> Oh, no, man, I remember saying something I remember <laughs> right before the pandemic hit, you know, which was like, I wish I could just take a break for like a year or two. And it was like, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, everybody. The monkey paw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and at the same time, I'm like, I'm like, you know, I'll, I'll know people who are like my, uh, uh, my niece's baby daddy or my niece's father who's uh, who mar- who who uh, knocked up my sister he's my age basically and like uh, i found out recently that he basically has drank to the point where like his liver can't process uh, uh, uh toxic anymore map. and oh. he's, he has brain damage now because his blood is so effing toxic and his brain is just stewing in this freaking toxic Ooh. filth and wow. and he needs a liver transplant to survive guaranteed but it's at the point where like he's he's like super irritable, and I'm like, and like I was like I hear this story about a guy who like really you know like no matter how much I feel I've wasted my life, <laughs> there's always somebody out there who's gonna who's gonna say hold my beer. So yeah, <laughs> and that guy won't. Yeah, I guy, guy drink all his. I, he still drinks apparently because it's it was alcoholism. It was you know he he eventually yeah. went to the hospital because he was having the DT seizures, and uh, you know we've oh, we've all known that guy. So or girl. Or, yeah. or former comic that lived with me for six months. We've all known her. <laughs> yeah, almost, it, almost, uh, yeah. Uh, almost uh, was part of this gang. So. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that shit's so tough, man. Because it's like you just come up with like um, you like what is it called barter or bargain with yourself? You know, like, mm-hmm. ah, I'm fine. I can, actually, I just saw this comic a couple weeks ago at a show. She was converse, conversational, having a, a blast before the show, and she's like, "I don't know, my my guy thinks I should take a break." He's like, oh, "I didn't even tell you, I couldn't even tell you were drinking right now," and that was a mistake on my part because I opened the floodgates and she just kept on ordering drinks. And by the end of the show, during Brandon Potter's set, she's built. She thinks she's helping the show by saying full sentences instead uh, of like you know little little things that might help or whatever. I guess she has a comic rate, and in the back, all the comics are like, "Just go on stage again." Like you're, you clearly want to get this out and now you're ruining, I think it's one show a week. I usually see her at chime in and just be annoying. And it's like, ah, oh. she doesn't <laughs> perform at all. She hasn't performed. She hasn't mm. been performing. And it's like, I know she's got a bunch of issues and being around the comedy scene probably isn't necessarily the best because we don't know. Not everyone in the scene knows her deal. They'd offer her a drink without thinking of, you know, mm-hmm. where it could go. Um, but it's just like, it's just so tough. Cause this is someone that's been years and you see how they get better. And then because they get better, they're like, well, I can get one or two. And then they get worse again and they get better a little bit. And then they burn their bridges and then they move to another group of friends. 
that doesn't know their situation. They burn that bridge of like six months. It's sad, man. It's sad. They get they kind of get that wet brain, you know, like like it's not like drinking in your twenties where you might be hard to tell you're drinking, you know, like if you've been doing it for a while, you know, after you kind of get that thousand yard stare really early into the night and then you kind of maintain Yeah. The shark eyes. Yeah. I've heard like I don't know if it's faux pas to quote Rogan, but I've heard it on this podcast like ten years ago, Shark Eyes, and I noticed that with a couple people. They just it's like just not no register. That's scary. Yeah. That's yeah, a, tough one. a tough one, man, because it's like we really push it in this in, in this society or just in the world, really. Just like alcohol, it's cool. Make sure to drink it all the time. Yeah. And it's like not great, you know. I mean, especially if you already got issues, it, it's just like poisons it more. I think there's we just live in a very stressful time. We're, we live in a very stressful generation generation. You know, there's no there's no certainty, there's no retirement plan. And, and yeah, you know, there are a lot of ways things you can do to channel that stress. And, you know, if you look at like, the, I think the broad statistics, you know, like alcohol, drugs are, are one way you can handle it. And, you know, mm-hmm. um, like I myself, you know, I've, I was, uh, I'm, I'm on the upswing now, but I've, you know, I, I was drinking a lot over the past couple of years. Uh, well, it's like uh, the easy answer, you know, it's like mm-hmm. right there. It's easy. You could do it alone. And, and so it feels like, oh, this is an escape, but man, it just always makes things worse for me. I. I feel worse physically, mentally, everything. Like for me, it's like when I stay inside too long, I, I go outside and I'm like, "Oh yeah, the world is all right." I just got to be out here in it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like started taking lunch breaks to go swim laps at the YMCA, and dude, oh, it just made such difference, you know. I this shitty weather lately has put a kibosh on it which is stupid right you'd think oh it's raining i'm gonna go in the water anyway what's the difference but you don't want to go out Uh, yeah i I don't like getting out of the water and feeling cold water air i get it (laughs) and i'm quick to make any excuse to not exercise and the gym's packed when it's raining too so like yeah it's it's a lot more traffic i was just at the y uh yesterday and it was on a saturday and it was uh very packed yeah I mean, it's like a cliche almost where they're like, you know, exercise, but it's like, it makes such a difference, you know, even taking a long walk or mm-hmm. like for me, the swim, I feel like water is always the healing thing for me mm. when I'm in a bad mood, I like literally just take a long hot shower and I feel like a hundred percent better afterwards. It's weird. I think, you know what, if you stew and you're depressed and you're like sitting in your same clothes for a while, you get to be more down on yourself you're like i'm a scumbag and i'm dirty and i smell yeah no you literally like as time goes on you are getting oilier you're getting yeah. like filthier you're, you're sweat. <laughs> yeah. like it sometimes just feels good to get a fresh shower and be able to unstick your thighs you know <laughs> like, <laughs> like like just be like and just like yeah and, and there's like, just like this little you know that that thing they talk about self-care that little step of like actually caring a, do, to do something physically for yourself comb your hair a little bit it's like a really changes your whole mindset you know you probably picked it up uh i don't want to presume too much but maybe your therapist recommended like do a small task do like a small thing to get started i know you're overwhelmed with everything you have to do but do just one thing put one dish away one plate away and then maybe sometimes cascades from there or you realize 20 minutes later, you're like, oh, I guess I cleaned my whole corner of my room. That's a huge start. Yeah. I don't know if you guys remember, I briefly tried to do a mental health podcast with Bob Hansen. I remember uh, that. Yes. It was just positive stories. Podcast. Mostly because I just wanted to help Bob Hansen and because uh, I love him, but he will never seem to go to therapy. And I just thought, well, we'll we'll talk it out because I had been 
and I'd learned this acronym called grapes, which was like a bunch of things to do during the day to feel. I, I like, have, I was just filled. given a grapes paper. Yeah. I really I love it. The, it the last like, one's hardest one, the, the one to reach out. Right. Isn't that well, one of the things I can remember them all. So it's G sometimes people put G as gratitude, but G is really like gentle with self, like to say something nice mm-hmm. or think something nice, just to have a self-affirming, you know, you're good enough. You're smart enough and doggone it. People like you, you know, to say something Stuart nice, smiley. You, you know, that's the G. Then the R is relaxation to make sure you get the proper amount of sleep. Because if you're Engage not engaged in something that calms your nervous system. Okay. Yeah. Relax, meditate. Take you know a what A is? You to get your eight hours of sleep. A was accomplishment, which is what you're talking about. Like just to take take a a, a break from you know stressing out about stuff and actually accomplish something. Like uh, today, I'm going to do the laundry. I did that yesterday, you know, but any little thing like that kind of gets yeah. the ball rolling. And then um, P was, what's P? Was that? Um, pleasure. Pleasure, right. Yeah, so just to do something fun that you enjoy. And you don't feel guilty about. That's a hard one for yeah. me. Oh, don't feel like, guilty about. So I forgot about that part of it. So like, I'm going to read this comic book and not feel like. You should have been doing your job or should have been calling this. I, I have that problem right now. I've been like working like crazy and I haven't been able to even sit down and play video games because the entire time I'm like, i got to pay bills, got to take a photo of this, got to list this, got to, you know what I mean? So I, that one I'm having a hard time with. Yeah. Uh, and then E was exercise, like we talked about earlier. And I've been eating ass it. this whole time. I thought that was eating ass. I, I don't even like eating ass. E. This is, I thought it was about just being reciprocal. <laughs> And then S was social, which was like to go out and talk to people and actually interact with your neighbors and just talk to people outside. And that one can be really difficult for people, especially like in today's, if you're working at home and you're a Zoom guy like me or whatever, you know, the social is almost like you got to force yourself and going out, like scheduling those uh, stand up shows would, would like help me, you know, where I'm like, gosh, I'm indoors all day talking to no one. But oh, tonight I got to go to the comedy store. And then you like talk Dude. to comics and even Doing if you comedy bomb, again. feel better later you're like oh i bombed my ass off but i had so much fun seeing Cause, everyone because it's know? the gym for us like even if you yeah. bomb yeah i felt shitty after leaving the gym but i got my reps in yeah i got my time in i've been feeling so much better i'm doing at least two shows like a, a week now like and it's, it's, huge, it's been right? tough because i've been I've, I've been just struggling with money like i haven't been able to afford the gas but just yeah. getting that time and you're like oh the week's better the, the the days better my stupid ideas got out yeah i feel, I feel good because you need to have if you're like our type of person mentality wise you have to have a creative outlet of some kind you, yeah, you can't that just one really that. like combines several of the grapes things you know you're you're yeah. accomplishing something you're getting social you're getting pleasure you know all of those things in one activity so you know i, I always feel so much better even if i had a bad set it just it's it's I really appreciate having that outlet. Mr. Bible pants has uh, commented in our stream. He said, uh, hard to break these spirals. Sometimes when my mom died last year, going back to work was the best thing for me. So I had specific tasks. Then he goes on to say, my therapist says two things you have to do uh, and two things you want to do each day. They can be as simple as feed myself and get out of bed today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because your brain does mark that as an accomplishment because you yeah. said it as an internal goal. I, I saw one a video 
it was a, an Instagram, so I couldn't like replay it or, you know, I was like doom scrolling. But it was like some lady saying that if you grow up thinking that you want to be an artist of some kind and you don't ever go for it or achieve it or attempt it, you're just going to be a 70 year old person thinking ah, I should have been an artist or what would have happened. It's like with some of those things, like I'm so glad I've tried it because <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And it, you're just so better off, I think, just giving it a shot and then finding yeah. out in reality, like, hey, maybe it's not for me. Maybe this isn't my thing. But I, yeah. I recommend whenever people say, like, I want to do stand up, I say, fucking do it. Yeah, what are you waiting for? There's nothing to lose. No audience members ever followed anyone home and been like, you suck yesterday. <laughs> nope. Yeah. But there should and be like, like a time say, limit. If, if, like, if, if, you know, like, you have to be, in order to continue after three years, you have to convince a majority of people in the community to to give you a pass because that's the thing. You know, if, like, if you're a boxer or somebody, there's a time when somebody's just gonna be like, hey, man, you don't have it in you. Uh, just, yeah. you know, to hang it up. If you're in a football, like same thing, but like, like in comedy, we all know people like there are people who consciously every day go up and waste audience. There's somebody who's first, it's their first time seeing comedy <laughs> and this motherfucker who's been doing it for 10 years and still can't make a person laugh, uh, needed to do eight minutes to feed his ego. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's, I, that I, is another good thing, though, about comedy is like you could start it whenever you could be 99 years old and be like, I want to try this thing that I always regretted not trying. Go for yeah. it. You actually will be a more interesting character at that yeah. point. Anyway, you'll have a story. Yeah, there's no By age way, limit on being entertaining. Absolutely not. Yeah. There's nope. <laughs> Betty White proves that. Yes. Thank goodness. Sorry for your loss, Mr. Bible Pants. By the way, we're yeah, getting sorry, caught in the convo. Except our condolences. <clears throat> yeah, that's rough. Yeah, like occupying the mind, man. Occupy the mind. Distract yourself until yeah something else comes up. That's tough. Scare yourself I, too. You ever you ever be in a funk and then almost like get in a car accident and then you're just like whoa, <laughs> and then you're like oh, you're all right for the rest of the day. You're like I, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. <laughs> I like this. It's not bad. It's not bad. That, that's 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 I mean, anybody who decides to jump off something as the way to like end their life as their means of suicide experiences the the mo- like the the uh, just a couple seconds of intense fear and regret. Uh, they've done like oh. I think they've done like like things where they've asked people who've survived those long distance jumps and they said, oh, yeah, as soon as I jumped, uh, the adrenaline kicked in and I regretted ever. I just oh, what have I done? Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Nothing I can do. Oh, my God. Uh. God, I'm so afraid of death that it's like that's the one thing that doesn't ever really cross my mind is is going to that level. But I mean, you get really in a funk, but I never get to that point because I'm just I think I have too much of a fear of it. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know what it mm-hmm. is. Yeah, I, I think it's just there's some people, you know, like uh, I think, you know, that was ri- widely reported, you know, that, the you know, like 22 veterans a day. And like, I get it, man. In the military, you're taught like you're better, like you're like, oh man, you know, these civilian pukes, you know, you have the discipline to do everything. But in reality, you're you're living life in a paint by numbers, like just show like everything's pointed out for you. You don't have to there's no critical thinking, there's no boss. No agency. Yeah, there's no like like if, if you in, in the military, if you don't do something, there's fucking consequences. Hey, you're told to be somebody at this time. You're told yeah. there's 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 instructions on the fucking bag of food you eat in the field because people have fucked it up before. There is literally instructions with pictures because People from the South enlist as well. So you got to have pictures in every Jeez. fucking instruction as well. And so um, like, like, and then when they get into the regular world, it's so much harder. You can't, you know, like, like it's not, you know, nobody's telling you where to be. Every, nobody's, you know, 
uh, relationships, you know, you're, you're, you're a lot less flexible. And like, I, I just think, think like, um, you know, that realization and that, that, this, and that, uh, inability to, to work on yourself. Like it's you, you would, you, um, I think I, I, there's a ton of guys I know from the military who, who would benefit greatly from therapy, but I think like just where they are, you know, we're, 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 we're in California where everybody's gay. We all are, we're assigned boyfriends. And so we all, we all go to therapy. You know, I have buddies from Texas who wholeheartedly believe that these are the jokes they would make. And like, they, they also accuse like the delicious drinks of Starbucks with not being masculine, like as if flavor is, uh, is, is something that is feminine. <laughs> but, They're really caught up on being surrounded by masculinity. Yeah. <laughs> it really, it's a weird thing to focus on. Cause like I'm a Mexican American. I have a lot of Mexican family members that are super uh machismo macho mm-hmm. they don't ever talk about like that kind of shit like they do you know they're not as focused they just do their job they're just they work on the ranch or fix the car do the thing mm. they're never like you're not a man because of this you're not a, i mean they'll maybe roast you a little bit because it's you know that's mm. how people are but like <laughs> it's just so fucking weird to be obsessed with that and then like you like see who's like obsessed with this stuff and it's like a guy with like a weak chin and like you know, <laughs> you're, you're like oh dude your genetics are falling apart before us like that's why uh, you're worried about masculinity because uh, it's 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 confidence it's the same by the way mr bible pants uh has said that i'm not wrong about people from the south so uh oh, <laughs> you're welcome to enlist i, <laughs> I, I don't know I, I have a couple online southern friends and uh, sometimes, I, like, I catch myself, like, putting my prejudices aside when they start quoting philosophy and stuff like that. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I have books. Yeah, I'm sorry. You have you have knowledge over there. It's just the there, accent that throws me off. <laughs> there are super smart people from all over. You're going to get smart people from all over. But but there are, just in certain places, there are cultural veins of, uh, of uh, anti-intellectualism. And sometimes yeah. even smart people can get infected with bad ideas and spew them and and they use their their intelligence to reinforce uh, a really bad idea it's, yeah and you see that all over in all ideologies not just you know i'll, I'll, I'll you know uh but yeah, yeah. like, like uh, the petersons uh, so the point is we're all the same but the real <laughs> lesson is fuck the south i think i stand by that oh I, think, I think that's my position i'm here no, I'm from Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, Jesse. Jesse's tour. Uh, Jesse's uh, tour stop in Biloxi just got canceled because oh, of... they won't have me back in Bama. <laughs> I miss you, Stardome. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you, Sal. Like, like uh, masculinity is a very like you know it's like uh, the Game of Thrones line. Anybody who says he, anybody who needs to say he is king is no king or something like. Mm. Yeah, like the guys, you know. Mm. The manliest dudes I know are never guys who are like, like, like they're guys who will like cry if, if you know, something, you know, they're not worried about what somebody thinks if they cry, you know, like they're. Dude, two weeks ago or three weeks ago at one of Clint's shows, I walk in with him and it was before the show started and there's a guy in the far end of the bar, like maybe early 50s, late 40s. And he's like, hey, Clint, how's it going? And it's, he's saying hi to everyone. Clint's saying hi to everyone. He's like, hey, Clint, how are you doing? And how's your girlfriend doing? He's talking about me. And right, right away, I already knew this guy was going to do passive aggressive jokes, do some gay jokes or whatever. And I already knew this guy has gay porn on his like computer. Like I already knew this. <laughs> like I've seen this happen when when I helped move in Vince uh, uh, to our old house. Mm-hmm. His almost stepdad kept on calling us princesses and girls and all these like things. And I was like, dude, this is so weird. Long story short, a year and a half later, 
Mary Kate walked in on him jacking off to gay porn. So like I was already like primed, like this guy's projecting. Definitely. And he walks out, comes back in from smoking a cigarette after 10 minutes, and I'm just like kind of on the corner of the bar, the show's yet to go on. And he comes up behind me, he's like, I want to braid your hair. Jesus I wanna Christ. I wanna I wanna and then he walked back to his the 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 corner and his wife was watching or his girlfriend was like watching and I didn't say hey. anything the rest of the night. The bartender ended up shutting him down because he's like a regular there. But I just knew it was like this guy's just brimming. He just wants to come out so fucking bad. Wow. And he's just drunk enough to like let it out in this weird way where he's like, he thinks he's insulting me, but I don't give a fuck what you're saying. I'm just <laughs> like, I want you to come out because I want you to be comfortable. Right. I want you to be, you know, because you're making other people uncomfortable when you make these lame jokes every time you see a guy with long hair and a sweet ass. <laughs> <laughs> like, like yeah. you're, you're hurting so much because of this lie and like, and, yeah. and you're putting out and like you are. But then to insult it, right? Like he's insulting being gay and saying, well, sort of like acting yeah. like it's this terrible thing and that it's worth making fun of. And it's like, gosh, man. I mean, yeah, it, I've seen it before and it was playful, but not. It's like yeah. the way he was doing it. It's like, dude, fine. Call me whatever you want. But it's weird that I walked in and the first thing you, coming out of your mouth is gay words or implications. It's like, it's on your mind, not my mind. <laughs> I, have, I have experienced this before, you know, with a, with a friend who would call people names. And then, yeah, you realize later, like, okay, well, he just hasn't quite come to grips with this, you know? Yeah, there was a, a local comic like eight, five years ago, six years ago. I come home and I'm on Facebook at like 2 a.m. And uh, he's like, what are you up to? I'm like, yeah, we're just <laughs> hanging out. Uh, maybe about to, uh, in parentheses in my head, maybe look at porn. I don't know. What the fuck are you up to at 2 a.m.? And he's like, I was doing Adderall for eight hours. I've been jerking off all day. You want to come over and fuck? And I was like, whoa. And I'd known this comic as someone that his other friend comics would do the same shit. Like they'd call him gay, out him in a way. But in a playful way, I always thought they were just being rude. And it turns out those guys were mostly just seeing him, how he behaved. And uh, we're doing this live, so I can't say the name. But then, like, I'm, like, talking to the guy for a little bit. And I'm like, hey, man, just so you know, I'm not going to tell anyone. Don't worry about it. But you'd be better off, like, working towards coming out sooner than later. You know, you don't want to be, like, a 60-year-old guy and not have experienced what you want to experience. Like, I'll, yeah, I'm thinking I'm being positive, And yeah. I, I generally was, like, not going to tell anyone. I didn't tell anyone this guy's name for, like, four, three years. Then my door swings open. And my roommate, Nick uh, Beasley, is like, hey, is blah, 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 blah trying to hit on you and fuck you, too? <laughs> 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 and i was like oh i thought it was kind of special at least i thought it was, <laughs> I thought it was like he's you know making like i was thought i was gonna help this guy no he's just hitting yeah. up every comic in the scene just trying to get something <laughs> you're not special just so you know who i'm talking about i know who it is yeah, I do. <laughs> he was he was but, a really funny guy and so like i oh, wonder yeah. like you know oh like, i guess he's texting you guys too I love him. No, I I didn't, funny. and I'm a little offended now. But that's yeah. beside the point. Yeah, well, yeah, you gotta accept yourself, man. Just like you know, love yourself. It doesn't. You don't have to be anything but who you are, and that's the par- problem. Is we all compare ourselves to each other. I always feel like social media is this big phony thing of everyone trying to present like, look at who I am, and it's like, but that's not who you are. And then and then we're competing with these phony identities, but you know. Bottom line is that those things just make you feel bad. You're like watching it going, oh, I wish I was this or that. It's like, none of that matters. You just be yourself. Just accept yourself. I, I think especially in stand-up, that's the thing I've learned more than anything. Lou Brockman used to say that. Like, if you really want to be great at this, you got to be honest. Be yourself. Be true. You know, don't make up some phony 
baloney character. I mean, unless you want to do characters, but just the closer you get to to being real with yourself is is the best is the best way to go. You know? Yeah, I've I've seen it like time and time again. Anytime, like I've like bailed on a bit because I think the audience won't like it. The whole thing is not worth delivering. But when it's something that you truly think is funny, yeah. maybe you won't get a laugh or a response right away. But you can kind of feel like there's something here. There's yeah. something there. There's a there's a guy right now that I've seen him at a backyard show open up and talk about his life. And it was not during a, a backyard mic. It was after the mic closed. And he was so honest and so open and vulnerable. He saw us laughing and he, I think, took it the wrong way mm. and just kind of closed down. And to this day, he still goes on stage and he does a little bit of a code switch. And he sounds like a little different. He doesn't sound like himself when he's off stage. And it's like, you still don't have any yeah. real jokes that people care for. You're saying kind of funny things that you heard, of, you know, in a funny rhythm, but nothing is your story. Nothing is your joke. Nothing is your say mm-hmm. that shit that you said in the back in my backyard that almost made you cry. That shit was fucking good, you yeah. know, but I can't tell him that now, like six years later, like, hey, you still suck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think it's, we're trying to do what we think other people will like, as opposed to just being passionate about what we like and then drawing people to that. Because there's so many people that would identify with that true, honest communication. Instead, you're like, uh, I think they'll think I'm cool if I talk about this. And yep. So, sometimes what you see here, like for years, I've wanted to try to find a way to uh, talk about like my mom and shit on stage and like, you know, like uh, and like all the like abuse. And like, you know, like I, I'll, I'll even have things that I think are like funny takes on them, but they always like come off. Like uh, to me, they like like it always sounds. It's not there. It sounds like me complaining or me like, like yeah. like I like I, it's I don't I don't sound like I'm somebody who's through it. I don't sound like I'm somebody who's like looking at it, and mm-hmm. you know like I sound like I'm somebody who's like, um, um like still uh, in it. Yeah, like still, still in it, and and, and not it. and 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 not and uh, yeah the 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 humor isn't there. It's like mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm terrified of eliciting a pity response, you know, mm-hmm. and so like. Like to, for me, like, like, I, I just don't think I have the storytelling ability yet. And may, who knows, maybe, maybe that'll be my opus one day, but you know, yeah. you know what, what helps with those kind of bits, uh, like as you're writing them, cause obviously open mics, you're not going to have the most amount of time and at a book show. You don't really want to work on rough, rough material, but if you like, as you're writing it and seeing the joke laid out before you and the story laid out, you can start chunking parts of the story as their own separate jokes. Mm, yeah. Like don't do the whole the whole bit on this show, but like work on this segment, work on the and then eventually you'll start seeing like I see like a mind map that connects. Cause I have a bunch of stories about living with Matt Bird when he was stealing, mm. smoking crack. I've done jokes and I have to find the line where the joke works on its own. It doesn't feel like I'm just roasting right. a guy that isn't there. And right. also it's an easy laugh at the end of it if I say who the comic was because the comics in the room, I don't want, yeah. I don't want that. I don't want the people that know him right. to, to laugh, to be the hardest laugh, but there's chunks of that joke that are chunks of that story that I've been working on that eventually when I get 12 minutes or whatever to do the full fucking thing may end up working. Like one instance was this cat right here. One day after <laughs> he was already walking on eggshells. He's like, uh, you know when you're walking on eggshells and you're staying in someone's house and you're not really welcome in, you do everything like extra. 
you know, he was saying every story really loud and like, I'm doing really good. I haven't drank, you know, and then he says like, I saw your cat pissing in the toilet and we're like, okay, dude. Okay. You're fucking insane. Like fully far gone. And then like three months after he moved out, I walked in my cat pissing on the toilet. <laughs> and it's just like, it's just like, oh, well shit, I guess he wasn't trying to earn favors or whatever. <laughs> and like, I've got to try to figure out how to work that into the, the set. And also I had, well, my cat also shits in the tub. Uh, and it turns out that the cats learn from their owner. So who was shitting in our tub? <laughs> the totter, you know, but it's like, it, it's like, that's like a lighthearted portion. Yeah. Uh, Cause like when I talk about the, the shit, like he's stealing from me while I'm in the hospital, it's kind of hard to like maintain the thread without me getting furious yeah. <laughs> and feeling that anger. <laughs> I mean, I think that's a good way to do it is to put it in chunks, especially just for testing purposes. You know, like they really like this bit. Okay. They didn't like this so much. We got to work on this part, you know, as opposed to like presenting this whole long thing and then kind of like, how do I piecemeal like what parts they liked? It's, it's a little easier to gauge when they're in like sections like that, you know. Well, we're doing a, we're doing a lot of uh, talk and shop here, but to anybody who's listening, because I, I think I'm going to put this out as like a self help thing, uh, uh, just to kind of to kind of merge the two uh, subjects where we started. Um, mm-hmm. If you if you're looking for a stand up special that I feel is like really good for, uh, I, I think uh, it's if it's very funny and it kind of help it kind of broaches uh, a mental health and, and kind of uh, a healthy way of looking at stuff. I'd recommend uh, Dan Soder's Son of Gary uh, comedy oh, special on HBO. Freaking hilarious. And it was like, like uh, I watched it as like a, as a, somebody in his late thirties. And I was like, I get it. Like, this is like, like he has one joke where he, the punchlines, basically the call is coming from inside the house. And like that, that hit, I, I, I feel attacked. <laughs> like he basically just described like, Hey, a big part of your late thirties is realizing uh, uh, that you know all of your problems, everything you know, it's it's you're the reason. You're the reason that, that you are where you are. And hey, the yeah. call's coming from inside the house. Like hey, yeah. big guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was that the joke about him realizing he needs to quit drinking or something like that? Something like that. That 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 was a good. That was such a good special when it came out. It was one of those things that like like when a good game comes out, everyone in my house is playing it at different times. You'll hear like Red Dead sounds in each room. <laughs> and Soder special was like our put it on when we got nothing to watch special for each of the roommates for a little while. It's just so good. Son of a Gary, right? I think it's, I think it's son of Gary. Son of, no, Gary. Son of a okay. Gary. You're right. You're right. Son of a Gary. Son of a... Uh, he, it's you know, and like, and like, uh, I kind of like, you know, uh, there's parallels, you know, like, um, his dad, and my dad, I feel like would be like drinking buddies. Like, maybe like, uh, like, uh, the dudes at the end of the, of Moe's tavern who like, you know, you never know their backstory, <laughs> but they're always yeah. there. Um, the regulars yeah <laughs> and then he has like this final joke his headlining joke like his final joke his closer is um this joke i'm not going to ruin it but basically it's about uh, it's about your mom finding porn right and um and like if, if you listen to this special like his mom goes one way my mom goes the exact opposite way in the exact same fucking story basically all the main <laughs> points are there like you know and like uh um point is i'm not a serial killer i think so <laughs> <laughs> that's funny and uh, i don't know that, i would think i would say this like the one of the greatest things to me about stand-up comedy is that we could take those faults that we have and those vulnerabilities and they turn into strengths on stage you know like all the things that we don't want to talk about like you're talking about this person that doesn't want to like be honest and tell their real vulnerable stuff 
if he did that it would be a superpower right like it would turn everything around his act would be you know really relatable and people would be rooting for him and it's i tell those students when, when we teach the workshop like all those all those things that we're scared to talk about is like the stuff that's really the gold mine you know the yep the vulnerabilities are strengths on stage and probably in life in general if we share that and are are not phony about everything and like yeah what's up and be all alpha on top of covering our vulnerabilities it's like we're suppressing them more as opposed to sharing it and then we have some connection with other people you know i i, I concur i uh i routinely when going through shit like if i'm going through a bad time or whatever or when i was going through the medical stuff i always think this is i don't know where i got this but i think this will be funny later mm. i know i'm in the shit i know this is gonna suck but i know my dark sense of humor like i can almost see the, where the humor would be you know in whatever like the uh i wasn't talking about my my colon stuff on stage until someone before me talked about her colonoscopy and then an open micer before me talked i was like oh i guess you can talk about this shit mm. and it turns out that there's funny enough things that happen in your in your, what is like a shitty time yeah. pun in, not intended like and you can turn it around and laugh at it with people and now it's like a fucking i don't know it's yeah. a positive or you mm -hmm. can fucking dwell on it and look back on it and have this negative pocket in your memory that doesn't serve any good, you know. And it magnifies, you know. It, it it grows and gets worse instead of like you're you're deflecting or not deflecting, but sort of minimizing it, putting it in perspective, laughing about it, being able to have some sort of other angle on this instead of just the negativity, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I um. I think that's, I recently uh, wrote a joke about the military that I feel was like finally hit that line where like, I'm able to be like, be real about it, you know, but um, uh, at the same time, like not just overly disrespectful. Like I essentially like clown on guys. I was like, like uh, I clown on guys who make the military their personality. Like, could you imagine if anybody did that? If you, if people just did that with any shitty job they had, like a guy who like, like, uh, you know, you, uh, who walks around, you know, in his old Foot Locker uniform. That's right. I wore the black and white for, for four yeah. years. Do you realize how many <laughs> Nike, uh, do you realize how many Air Jordan premier events I was there for? Four. I caught shrapnel on the ass of one of them. I don't know where one of them got a grenade. Uh, I have a buddy that joined the military, and I told him he joined because he couldn't decide on a haircut. <laughs> he was so indecisive growing up. I was like, he just needed someone to help pick out your haircut. I get it. He got wrapped up. <laughs> that's funny uh, dude yeah that's what sucks like you want to like joke on it and, and point out something and you also can't come off as bitter or as angry you know what i mean you have to yeah. be like yeah. it sucks <laughs> also realize that a bunch of people will like look at this this job as an as a, almost like a fucking religion so like so just be right. respectful of the religion yeah <laughs> that's like american both sides of it you know you got to try to try to address their point of view too I, zoltan does that really well yeah you know, yeah. He'll have some joke about gun control but it's but he'll be looking at both sides like i have shotguns they're fun man yeah yep. i love it power you and you know so it's like he gives you your pers you know both perspectives so that you can sort of find the middle ground and i love that because some of those topics like you say they're they're a little dicey when you, someone might feel attacked by it and then immediately not willing to accept it or laugh at it but if mm -hmm. you preemptively sort of are like i know i'm not taking a side as much as i'm looking at both sides because it's ridiculous and it's funny you know that's that's what's uh 
difficult i think one of the most difficult things things to do as a comic is show like oh i'm making fun of everyone yeah like i'm not taking a side i just started the sentence with this word not that word mm-hmm. you know but listen intently everyone's getting it yes yeah <laughs> bill burr is kind of like that figure that's just like everything is ridiculous and you know everybody's taking things too seriously you know yeah He's, kind he's of, a lot of his interviews, like in the last couple of years, especially like, like I see like, uh, like, like leftist meme, like leftist, like meme him like crazy because like, he's uh like, he has like really good takes on like, you know, uh, social policy and stuff like, like, like Bill Burr, like, as I, like, yeah, he came out a long time. I feel like his last couple of years, he's been sliding one way. And, and I, I think he's just like, Hey, I'm older. I don't care. Like I have the fan base. I'm not here to suck off a certain yeah. group of people. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's opinionated for sure. But. I just, he's great. I don't know how everything devolves back into stand-up comedy, but that's... You went with us. It always always goes back to that, you know? Well, he seems mentally healthy, I guess. Who knows? By the way, should we uh, address that no one on the show is is missing or not on this episode due to mental health crisis or issues? This is not... Everybody's fine. This is not, uh, uh, you know... We'll miss Clint episode or something. <laughs> right, right. I honestly, if Clint, if Clint, if you know, Clint just, uh, if, if Clint just said he wasn't feeling well, if it, if it was a mental health day, I'd get it. I, I, not, oh, all, yeah. not all illness is physical. The, yeah. uh, I get that. Mm-hmm. He's an incredible well. handyman. Um, so I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm surprised he hasn't built himself like a hug machine, like, or something that like an autistic <laughs> person would build, like oh. something like, uh, <laughs> I think oh. it's called a house, and he's built so many of those <laughs> for other people. He's always the bridesmaid, never the bride. <laughs> always the bride. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so very much. I think this has been our mental health episode. Um, it was. It's been cathartic for me. I. I, I think all of us here have, have felt the lows. And um, I, can we I, call this one hug machine? By the way, said, <laughs> can we title this hug machine? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> hug machine. Uh, and, and I'm gonna. I want to close on a, on a quote I heard from Marcus Parks from the uh, uh, last podcast on the left. It was something I heard years ago that resonated with me, uh, and it was: um, "Mental health is not your fault. You should never feel guilty about it. Don't beat yourself up. You know this is. It's you know you didn't ask for this, but it is your responsibility. So um, you know mainly like if if you're somebody who's schizophrenic, um, you got to take your medication no matter how much you don't like it because um, you know it affects those around you. If you're depressed. You, you know, you may not feel like you're, uh, like it's worth it, but to those around you, you know, you, you, your, your attitude, your behavior does have an effect on those around you. And if you do care, if that is something that you can use to drag you out of it is that just know that like, you know, people around you are, are, are hurting seeing you like this, you know, um, you know, and if you're the type of person who's, when you're down, you're angry. I know that I, when I'm, when I'm, I'm, I'm an, I'm a person who like leans angry anyway. But when I'm down, I tend to snap. And so I'm just super unpleasant to be around. And and so if, if you're just for other people, if just for like the, like the, the amount of, of negativity, you, you know, when you're when you're all negativity, you're going to put more negativity out in the world, probably. And just, uh, you know, that, that that can that can ruin somebody's day needlessly. And, and so, you know, uh, it is your responsibility. Uh, it's not your fault, but it is your responsibility. So get help. Talk to somebody. Talk to a friend. Talk to a parent, talk to a coworker, or better help, like we talked on this episode. Uh, anything else? Anybody want to close with some good uh, mental health advice? 
I mean, I would just say that always keep in mind that it can, it can be, it can get better. And there are things you can do to feel better. So don't ever feel that hopelessness of like, ah, oh, well, you know, it's, it, I can't get better. Like it, it always does. Time does heal wounds as well as like doing those tactics to help yourself rather than isolate, talk to people, exercise, to have small accomplishments, do things for pleasure, get rest, do all that stuff. And it will, it will improve how you feel, you know? A uh, little, if you have a, if you have a friend who's like really into drugs, there are things that do work. Uh, psychedelics do have a measurable effect. Oh, Sal's putting something up. I can't, we can't read it. Uh, it's it, put it in the form of a face. Oh, it's grapes. The There's grapes. There uh, it is. Uh, Sal's going to read off grapes in a second. Uh, the... Yeah. Love it. Gentle with self. Relaxation. Accomplishment. Pleasure. Exercise. Social. I won't give you the definition, so you can make up your own answers. Yeah, as long as that helps it. you. If, if you have this, have Google grapes, mental health yeah. grapes, whatever. It's an acronym. Um, uh, it's it's been very helpful to two of the people here, and the third one, me, is going to go look it up because it's my first time hearing. Of, yeah, uh, of grapes. I love it. Uh, so yeah, um, if if uh, you're feeling bad, talk to somebody. Uh, uh, oh, oh uh, ketamine uh, has, has, has I'm not, I've never had it, but I, but uh, you know I do a science podcast. We've talked about ketamine, ketamine having very strong effects <laughs> on antidepressant, including one session. Uh, and I'm not somebody who I've never done ketamine. I'm terrified to do ketamine. I was even well, yeah. I was given the choice to do ketamine, <laughs> and I was too scared. So, <laughs> but uh, and, and psychedelics uh, have been proven to have right? some some effect on depression as well. It is not a cure. It is not therapy. It is not. But it might be something that can give you the tools to help you work through it. Uh, and it's not for everybody. But, you know, if you've tried everything else, I don't know. And you have a friend who's really good at getting drugs. Yeah, if you're already it. trying stuff, what are we going to do to stop you? <laughs> <laughs> might as well try stuff that helps. <laughs> Stay away from sniffables. Because as Sal said, there's fentanyl in everything now. Stay away from sniffables. True. That's that's. that's you know what? That's just good Hug advice machine slash Stay away from sniffables. That's the name of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much this has been a very different and hopefully very cathartic awful neutral uh, uh thank you so very much for listening everybody uh later nerds bye <laughs> i didn't do plugs you guys want to do plugs real fast oh sure I'm oh i didn't do the... plugs salvador fiasco where can people find you <laughs> uh i do the haha kill me podcast which is like a comedy slash kind of mental uh, awareness health podcast we're on a little hiatus now because my buddy's in maryland taking care of his mom but we'll have plenty of stories when he gets back uh it's been going pretty well we're like i think almost 50 something episodes it's been fun and i do the red brontosaurus shows hit me up on instagram sly funky monk if you want to come out and nice. uh jesse egan you can find me at jesse egan comedy i don't really have anything to plug but i hope everybody has a great day uh i Be will well. say i listen to his uh comedy dry bar comedy special uh, fans have gotten back to me and have uh, 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 Dwayne from uh, New Zealand oh. said it was freaking hilarious. Oh, uh, that's he, nice. He, uh, he loves uh, uh, everything Jesse Egan does to include your dry bar special. I love you, Dwayne. All right. Uh, uh, thank you very much. Win. This is a real sign off. Later, nerds. Bye. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>